Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt about whatever that must be distinctly understood or nothing wonderful can come up to the story I am going to relate. Old Marley was dead as a doornail. Scrooge and Marley had been partners. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole friend, and sole mourner. Scrooge never printed out Old Marley's name. There it stood, years afterwards, above the warehouse door. Scrooge and Marley. Scrooge was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire. Secret and self-contained, as solitary as an oyster. Eternal heat and cold had little influence on Scrooge. No warmth could warm him, nor wintry chill ever came near him. Nobody ever stood and came in the street and stay with gladsome looks. My dear Scrooge, how are you? When will you come to see me? No beggars implored of him to bestow a trifle. No children asked of him what it was a clock. No man or woman ever once in all his life inquired the way to such and such a place of Scrooge. But what did Scrooge care? It was the very thing he liked to edge his way along the crowded paths of life, warning all human sympathy to keep its distance. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. Mr. Cratchit! Yes, Mr. Scrooge. What, pray me, Mr. Cratchit, are you doing? I'm putting some, some coal in the fire, Mr. Scrooge. It's almost out, and it, it's rather cold today, sir. Mr. Cratchit, it is well known when the body is occupied with vigorous work, it supplies its own heat, and does not require the burning of expensive coal. Coal for which I have paid. If you find that you no longer have enough work to keep you warm, perhaps I no longer require your services. In that case, sir, I believe you would find it rather cold Outside than inside. Now return to your work. Yes, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Mr. Haddit. Merry Christmas, Mr. Fred. And most happy new year. Uh, thank you, Bob. And how is that splendid family of yours? Oh, very well, sir. Why, why just yesterday, um... Mr. Cratchit! If I speak to you one more time about your lack of diligence, sir, you keep your Christmas by losing your position. Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Bah! Humbug! A Christmas bah? Humbug? You don't mean that, I'm sure. I do. Merry Christmas. What right do you have to be merry, not poor enough? Come then. Right, what right have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. Humbug. Don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? Merry Christmas. Out upon Merry Christmas! What's Christmas time in a town for paying bills when you have no money for? A time when you find yourself a year older and not an hour richer. If I could work my will, every idiot that goes about with Merry Christmas and his lips should be boiled his own pudding and bent with a stake to his heart. Uncle! Now if you keep Christmas in your own way, I'll have to keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep it! Leave me alone then! Much good it may do you, much good has it ever done for you. 
There are many things from which I might derive good, by which I have not profited. I dare say Christmas among the rest. But I'm sure that I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, and pleasant time. The only time I know of when men and women open up their shut-up hearts for good and freely. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of silver or gold in my pocket, I believe that it has done good for me. And I say, God bless it. You're a great powerful speaker, so I wonder if you don't go into Parliament. Don't be angry, Uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. Dine with you? I'd see you in hell first. But why? Why? You married, sir, against my wishes. You married a girl with no dowry. See, no reason to bless a marriage which I do not approve. But, Uncle, we fell in love. Love? You fell in love? Good afternoon, sir. Nay, Uncle, but you never came to see me before that happened. Why give it as your reason for not coming now? Good afternoon, sir. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we not be friends? Good afternoon, sir. I am sorry with all my heart to find you so resolute. We have never had any quarrel to which I am a party. But I made this journey an homage of Christmas, and I'm keeping my Christmas humor to the last. So Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon, sir! Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead these seven years, and he died seven years ago this very night. Oh, well, my most humble condolences, sir. This is a place of business, so if you have some, please conduct it. If not, please leave. Oh, right. Yes, of course. At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, it is more than highly desirable that we should make some slight provisions for the poor and destitute, who suffer greatly at the present time. Many thousands are in want of common necessities. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? Well, plenty of prisons. And the workhouses, are they still in operation? Well, they are. Still, I wish I could say they are the not. The treadmill and the poor law are still in full vigor then? Well, both very busy, sir. Oh, I was afraid that you said at first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful, useful course. I am very glad to hear it. Well... A few of us are endeavouring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink, and means of warmth. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to remain anonymous? I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, that is my answer. I don't make merry myself merry Christmas, and I can afford to make other people merry. Forced to pay taxes to support the establishments I have mentioned. Those who are barely off must go there. Many can't go there. Many would rather die. If they would rather die, they had better do so and decrease the surplus population. But surely you do not mean... It is not my business! Is it enough for a man to be understand his own business and not to interfere with other people's? Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, sir. Mr. Scrooge? What? Uh, about tomorrow, sir? Yes. <laughs> it's Christmas Day, sir. You want the whole day, I suppose. If it's quite convenient. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. 
If I was to stop you for half a crown for it, you'd think it ill used, I'll be bound. And yet you don't think me ill used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier the next morning. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. And, and, and a very merry bah! Humbug! Scrooge took his usual melancholy dinner in his usually melancholy tavern. As always, he ate alone. Alone and unnoticed in a city full of people. As he walked the cold and foggy streets to his home, a home which had once belonged to Jacob Marley, Scrooge felt an odd sensation, as if people were watching him. And yet, no other human was visible on that dark and dismal street upon which Scrooge resided. But still, it seemed as if... Scrooge! What? Who's that? Ebenezer Scrooge! Who is that? Come out in the open! Where I can see you! Scrooge! If you don't show yourself, I'll call the constable! I'll see you sat in prison, sir! Do you hear me? Show yourself! Scrooge! Who are you? But there was no answer, nor could Scrooge see any person. There was only a bitter wind that blew down the lane. Scrooge, who most certainly did not possess vital information, found himself greatly disturbed and hurried to his dwelling as much more rapid speed than he normally did. Once inside his gloomy room, he closed his door and locked himself in, double-locked himself in, which was not his custom. After he was secured behind his bedroom door and dressed in his gown, he reflected upon the strange sensation he had just experienced and came to the only conclusion that a man of Scrooge's temperament was capable of. Humbug! Just the wind is all playing tricks, humbug! Ebenezer Scrooge! It's humbug still! I still don't believe it! Believe me, Ebenezer! What do you want with me? Much! Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner. Jacob Marley. You don't believe in me. I don't. <laughs> what evidence would you have of my reality behind that of your senses? I, do, I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. Slight disorder stomach makes them cheats. You might be an undigested bit of beef. A blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an under potato. There's more grave than the grave about you. <laughs> Mercy! Dreadful apparition, why do you haunt me? Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? I do, I must. Why do you spirits walk the earth and why do they come for me? It is required of every man that his spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes forth not in life, it is condemned to do so after death. 
It is doomed to wander through the world. Oh, woe is me, and, and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. You wear chains, tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. <laughs> of my own free will I girded it and of my own free will I wore it. <laughs> Is the pattern strange to you? Or would you know the weight and length of it? The strong coil you bear yourself? <laughs> it was as full and heavy as this. Seven Christmases ago, you have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Jacob, old friend, speak some comfort to me, Jacob. I have none to give. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. In my life, my spirit never moved beyond our counting it. And weary journeys now lie before me. But you are always a good man of business, Jacob. Business! Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence. They were my business. Why did I walk through the thousands of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never saw in them that blessed star which led the wise men to the poor abode? Were there no poor homes to which at its height I would have conducted? Hear me! My, my time is nearly gone. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. You are always a good friend to me. You will be haunted by three spirits. Is that the chance you mentioned, Jacob? It is. I think I'd rather not. Expect the first tomorrow, when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and, and have it over with Jacob? Expect the second, when the bell tolls two. Expect the third, when the bell tolls three. <laughs> Scrooge tried to say hum, hum, but stopped at the first syllable. And being from the emotion that he had undergone, or the fatigues of the day, he went straight to bed and fell asleep upon the instant. What? The hour strikes? Hello, is anyone there? Ah, oh, well, Jacob Marley, you've only death as you were in life. Humbug! Do you hear me? Humbug! Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who and what are you? 
I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. What business brings you here, spirit? Your welfare. I am much advised, however, if I might make so bold, a night of unbroken rest might be more conducive to that end. I am here for your reclamation. Take heed. Rise and walk with me. Spirits, I'm, I'm a mortal and liable to fall besides. The thermometer's below freezing and I am dressed poorly. Bear but a touch of my hand and you shall be upheld in more than this. Scrooge took the hand of the spirit, seeing no alternative, and was amazed to discover himself transported through the wall. On emerging from the other side, he saw that the city had entirely vanished. Not a vestige of it had been seen. The darkness and the mist had vanished with it, and for it was a clear, cold winter day with snow upon the ground. Good heaven! I was bred in this place! I was a boy here! Do you recollect the way? I remember it! I could walk it blindfolded! Look, there's my old school! These are but shadows of the things that have been. They have no consciousness of us. The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. Yes, I know. Do you recognize this child, it Ebenezer is, Scrooge? It is I. Why are you there left alone? The other boys have gone home for the holiday to be with their families. Not you? No. My father, he... He, he was... No, I stayed at school. How sad to be all alone on Christmas Day. But, but I was not alone. Look there, see how I read. In these books I found my solace. Ali Baba and the Sultan's groom put upside down by the genie. Robinson Crusoe and Friday running for their lives and sailing round the world. Why, how could you say I was alone when I had companions like those to keep me company? I never felt lonesome as long as I had a book. Never. Never. Poor boy. Let us see another Christmas. Ebenezer, Ebenezer! Fan! Fan? It's Fan, my sister, but she's been dead for years. Fan, how wonderful it is to see you. Ebenezer, Merry Christmas to you, dear brother. I, I, I had forgotten how beautiful she was. Is that all you've forgotten? I have the most wonderful Christmas present for you. Why, Van, seeing you is present enough. Well, I hope you shall feel the same way after, seeing me every day. What? This is your Christmas present, brother. I've come to bring you home, dear Ebenezer, to bring you home. Home, Van? Oh, yes, home for good and for all and forever and ever. Father is so much kinder than he used to be. He spoke to me so gently one night when I was going to bed, and I was not afraid to ask him once more if he might come home. And he said, yes, you should, and sent me in a coach to bring you. And you were to be a man, and never to come here again. But first we're to be together all Christmas long, and have the merriest time in all the world. You are quite the woman, Fan. Thank you so much. You have no idea what this means to me. Or you to me, brother. I swear we shall never be separated again, as long as we both shall live. Quickly then, let us leave this dreary place. If I am forced to spend one more minute in, within this walls, I shall certainly expire. <laughs> oh, what a merry Christmas, Fan. And the happiest new year, Ebenezer. Fan! Fan. 
always a delicate creature whom a breath might have withered, but she had a large heart. So she had your right spirit, I not gainsay it. She died a woman and had, as I recall, a child. One child? True, true, your nephew, Fred. Yes. Well, I'm sure the fan, wherever she is, must be comforted with the knowledge that her son has someone to look after him, as you looked after her. Aye. Come, we have another Christmas to visit. Do you know this place? Of course I know this place! I was a princess here! Go home, my boys! Oh, it's, it's old Fessy Week! This is hard! It's Fessy Week alive again! Go home, my bros! No more work tonight, it's Christmas Eve, Tom. Christmas, Ebenezer. Let's have books closed and put away before a man can say Jackie Robinson. Clear away, the lads. Let's have lots of room here. On delay, Tom. Rapido, Ebenezer. There's much festivities to be commenced before the night is over. Why, if there's one bite of cold roast or one dram of cheer left over, the night is a bust, and I shall have to hang my head in shame in the streets. The day, my husband, that you hang your head in shame over your dead is the day judgment shall come. It's Mrs. Fessy we can lie with Tom, um, Ebenezer, see how I'm tormented by this disastrous spouse of mine? Oh, what foolishness caused me to ever betroth myself to one such as you? Perhaps the same foolishness that caused you to follow me from services for 17 Sabbaths. Until my father threatened to call the constable if you did not leave me alone. Oh, what foolishness caused you to intercede on your behalf? You were hopelessly smitten and in love with me. And you had little choice, my I had many choices, and most of them had much more pleasing appearances than you, sir. <laughs> However, we have no time for such nonsense. See here, our guests have arrived. Ebenezer, I believe you have made the acquaintance of the most charming Miss Wilson. Indeed, Bell. I have had the pleasure of such charming acquaintance, and you do most look most breathtaking tonight. Why, thank you very much, Mr. Scrooge. You are most kind to say so. I think uh, my employer has made so much sound words when he's told us that we should find good spouses. I agree, Mr. Scrooge. In fact, I have found myself thinking greatly upon such matters in recent days. Oh, and have you come to any conclusions? I most surely have. I think we have to dance. Wait, wait, wait! Uh, come, you two! Plenty of time for planning and scheming on other days. There's a whole life in front of you. Let's be merry. Christmas only but once a year. Mrs. Fezziwig, if you don't come and dance with me right now, this instant, I shall find one of those charming young ladies to take your place. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, the only place these ladies will take you is to your grave. Now why don't you just stop talking at once and dance with me? Like to be able to say words to my clock, that's all. It's it's nothing. My time grows short. Look, see. Do you remember this Christmas Day, Ebenezer Scrooge? I do not wish to see this. Kindly take me home. Do you hear me? I said take me away from this place! This is absurd. You're being ridiculous. It matters little. To you, very little. Another idol has displaced me. And if I can cheer and comfort you in some time, as I would have tried to do, I have no just cause to grieve. What idol has displaced you? A golden one. This is the even dealing of the world then. There is nothing on which it is so hard as poverty. And there is nothing it possesses to condemn with such severity as the pursuit of wealth. You fear the world too much. I have seen your noble aspirations fall off one by one. Now only gain entices you. Is this not true? What then? Even if I have grown so much wiser, what then? I am not changed towards you. Am I? Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were both poor and content to be so. You are changed. When it was made, you were another man. I was a boy. Your own feeling tells you that you are what you once were not. I am. That which promised happiness when we were one heart is fraught with misery now that we are two. How often and keenly I have thought of this, I will not say. It is enough that I have thought of it and that I can release you. Have I ever sought release? In words? No. Never. In what, then? In a changed nature. In an altered spirit. If this had never been between us, would you seek me still? A dowerless girl? You think not? I release you. With a full heart, for the love of him you once were. You may have pain in this. A very, very brief time, and you will dismiss the recollection of it gladly as an unprofitable dream from which it happened well that you awoke. I wish you happiness in your new life. 
Rule! Stop her! The spirits show me no more. Conduct me home! Why do you torture me? No more. I wish not to see any more. Remove me. Haunt me no longer. Scrooge was startled to find himself once again in his bedchamber, with no sign of the spirit in sight. Exhausted and overcome by an irresistible drowsiness, he sank into a heavy sleep. Where he, where he remained as he... Ebenezer! Received no oh invitation. man, you look good enough. We just got you out of bed. Come on. We're gonna go in there anyway. Who cares what you look like? Okay, thanks. <laughs> Whatever's got your precious father and Tiny Tim and Martha. I do hope she's not late for dinner. Here's Martha, Mother. Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas, Peter. Merry Christmas, Mother. Mother was getting worried. Whatever did keep you, my dear? We had a deal of work to finish up last night and to clear away this morning. Where are Father and Tiny Tim? Here they come, Martha. Quick, hide, Martha, hide! Squad pose. <laughs> Christmas, okay. Merry Christmas. There we go. 
Hello, all. Merry Christmas. I suppose you thought we would swallowed up in some mysterious place. Why, where's our Martha? Surely she must be here by now. She's not coming. Huh? Not coming? On Christmas Day? It Why can't I... be helped. She's got too much work to do. It won't be a true Christmas without Martha. Father, you must do something. Please. Don't worry, Tim. I wouldn't miss Christmas with you for the world. Merry Christmas, Tim. Oh, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Father. Merry Christmas, my dear. What a horrid trick to play on me. And on Christmas Day, move over. How did Tiny Tim do at church? As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful, sitting by himself so much. He thinks the strangest things you ever heard or saw him tweet. He told me, coming home, that he hoped people saw him in church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas Day who made the lame beggars walk and the blind men see. <laughs> and so, our, our Tim will be healed as well, my dear. Every day he's growing stronger and stronger. Yes, of course, Bob. I'm sure he is as well. Well then, if we're all assembled, let's begin our feast. Feast upon which your mother has labored mightily and has prepared for us the finest goose with the finest stuffing and the finest plum pudding in all of England. And so the Cratchit family sat down to their Christmas feast. It would not have taken much, I suppose, to notice that the house in which the feast was being served was cramped and cold or that the clothes that the family wore, although clean, were shabby and had been mended a few more times than perhaps was advisable. And the goose, when it finally appeared, was, like the dwelling, too small to provide for the family of the Cratchit's sides. Yet there were potatoes and stuffing and applesauce to make up for the smallness of the goose, and love filled up the rest. While it was true that there was not a morsel left on the table at the end of the meal, it was also true that all had had enough. The love that turned the Cratchit hovel into a castle kept them from seeing the poverty that surrounded them. My dear, I dare say that the Queen herself did not dine as well today as the Cratchits. Well, if I say so myself, I was rather pleased with my pudding. And, and so you should have been, my love, and so you should be. And now we shall have a toast. A Merry Christmas to all, my dears. God bless us all. And let us always be thankful for our many blessings. God bless us, everyone. Tim! He's all right, my dear. He's been having these spells lately. He'll be right as rain in a short while. Isn't that true, my little angel? Yes, mother. I'm feeling much better already. Tell me, Spirit, did the child live? Ebenezer, look to the corner next to the chimney. There's a stool there and a solitary crutch. Ebenezer, it's carefully preserved. If these shadows were to remain unaltered by the future, <laughs> The child will die. No, no spirit, no kind spirit. 
Say he be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, no other of my race will live to see him. What then? If he be like to die? Or had he better do so and decrease the surplus population? You use my words against me. Man, and look, dude, you gotta stop saying stuff like that. Okay, hold your tongue until you have discovered who those surplus populations might be and where they live. It may be that in the sight of heaven, you're more worthless to live than millions of poor men like thee. And, and, and now, shall we drink a toast to the founder of our feast, Mr. Scrooge? The founder of our feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind for him to feast upon. And I'd hope he have a good appetite to hear it. My dear, the children, it's Christmas Day. It would have to be Christmas Day, I'm sure. Of one which drinks the health of such a stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Ebenezer Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do. My dear, Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, not for his. A long life to him, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and happy, no doubt. Come, Martha. Let's sit and sing songs, shall we? Splendid idea, Peter. Shall we, Tim? Can I choose the songs, Martha? Please, may I? Of course, honey, Tim. You may choose any song you wish. Except for Hotline Bling. <laughs> or anything by Adele. Because you know it makes your mother cry. There, there, Tim. But we warned one and all, although this family is gifted with happiness and love and music, kind of, it is not similarly gifted with musical ability. Ebenezer, come, let us leave these people in peace. We got some other fish to fry. Come on. Tiger. No. A lion. No. 
Oh, oh. A cow. You're an idiot. A rat. Close. An ass. Closer still. I know. It's your uncle, Ebenezer Scrooge. Exactly. <laughs> Yay. Go on, dear. Tell him what your uncle said today. He said Christmas. A humbug. As I live and breathe, he believes it to be true. Surely you exaggerate, Fred. While I have no doubt that he is a stingy old miser, no living creature can be that sour. Well, my love, as he has given you no dubious pleasure of meeting you and making your acquaintance, You will have to accept my word. He's a comical old fellow. However, his offenses carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him. Is he as rich as you say he is, dearest? I suppose he is. But what of it? His wealth is of no use to him. He doesn't do anything good with it. He doesn't make, my, he doesn't make himself comfortable by using it. He doesn't even give himself the satisfaction of leaving us the money when he dies. Well, I have no patience with him, then. Oh, I have. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. Who suffers by, by his own whims? Himself always. He takes it into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us. What's the consequence? That he not come and share a meal with us? It's in these moments that I think, but I cannot be mean, and I cannot say anything negative about him. For I just pity my uncle. I pity him, I tell you. Well, my dear, if you are quite finished making speeches, Perhaps our guests would like some pudding. Ah, yes. You're a world-famous pudding. Maybe there will be more survivors this year. <laughs> Pity me, a poor man. Married to a poor woman and he pities me? Hmm. Hmm. I pity the fool <laughs> who think he's so cool. Those people are richer than you. I am very familiar with my nephew's financial situation. He has nothing. Hmm. How odd. I would have made the same observation about you, Ebenezer. I'll have you know, sir, that my worth is... Your worth is worthless, Ebenezer Scrooge. You don't have a pot to urinate in or a window to throw it out. Hmm. You know what? It's like a banana. It's time to split. I'm going to see you on the other side, buddy. Spirit, where are you going? Spirit, where have you gone? Deuce. Take me home, please. I do not know where I am, Spirit. Do not leave me here, Spirit! Do you hear me? Help 
I'm all alone. Ebenezer Scrooge, a wealthy man of business, envied by the people who passed him in the street for his money, his influence and his power found himself on Christmas Eve forsaken and lost. His fortune of little use to him in this place, wherever this place was. But he was mistaken in one thing. He was not alone. Mind the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? You're about to show me the, the shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? Ghost of the future, I fear you many than any spectre I have seen. Will you not speak to me? Lead on, then. The night is winding fast, and it's precious time to me, I know. No, I don't know much about it, either way. I only know he's dead. I know this place. I, I do business here every afternoon. These are men I do business with. When did he die? <laughs> Last night, I believe. What was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. Heaven knows. What has he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company, I suppose. He hasn't left it to me, that's all I know. It's likely to be a very cheap funeral. Upon my life, I can't imagine a single person who will go. I don't mind going if the lunch is provided. However, <laughs> must be fed. Spirit, I must confess I am confused. What was the purpose of that discussion? Who were those men talking about? Why am I not at my usual table? It's half past the hour. I am always at my table at this time. Spirit, this is the most vile part of the city. Why have you brought me here? What has this place to do with me? All right, then. Let's see what you got. I'm hoping you won't be none too particular about where certain items come from. Will you now, Joe? Every person has a right to take care of themselves, Mrs. Sladich. He always did. That's true enough. Besides, this is the worst for the loss of a few things. Not a dead man, I suppose. No, indeed. If he wanted to keep him after he was dead, the wicked old screw, why wasn't he more natural in his lifetime? If he'd had been, he'd have had someone to look after him when he was struck with death, instead of lying there, gasping. His last breath, alone, by himself. It's the truest word that was ever spoke. It's a judgment on him. What do you call these? Bed curtains? You don't mean to say you took these down rings and all with him lying there. Uh, yes I do. And why not? You were born to make your fortune. His blankets? He isn't likely to take a cold without them. He didn't die of anything catching, did he? I ain't so fond of his company that I'd loiter about if he did. He took that shirt there. It's the finest he had. Not a mark on it. And to think, they would have wasted it without me. What do you mean, wasted it? Buried him in it, of course. I had to take it right off him. What difference does it make what they stick him in? There's not a single soul who will come to pay their respects. Why, I have a mind they could have buried him stark naked, and no one would have noticed. Now, come on, Joe. How much is your offer? 
Two pounds, five and six pence, and not a penny more. I always give myself too much to the ladies. It's a weakness of mine, and that's how I ruin myself. <laughs> what is the meaning of all of this? Why do you show me these filthy criminals? I do not know them. I have no dealings with such scoundrels as these. Who is this pitiable man they speak of? you wish me to to raise raise the sheet I tell you I cannot I would if I could but I have not the power of spirit I have not the power all you show me is death and no emotion connected with death but avarice is indifference I demand that you show me some tenderness some compassion connected with death And he took a child and set him amidst them. The light hurts my eyes. The candle makes them weak. Past it, rather. He walks slower than you used to, Mother. Yes, but I've known him to walk very fast indeed with Tiny Tim on his shoulder. And so have I, Mother. He was very light to carry. His father loved him so much. It was no trouble, no trouble at all. Sorry, I'm late, my dear. I, I took a walk past there. You went there, Robert? Today? Yeah. My dear, I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green the place is. But you'll see it often. I, I promise him I walk there every Sunday. A little child. Please don't be so sad, Father. We missed him as well. We all miss him. And we always will. And I know that however and whenever we're apart from one another, we shall none of us forget poor Tiny Tim. Shall we? Never, Mother, we promise. I know, my dear. We, we remember how patient, how mild he was. Although he was little, a little child. We shall not quarrel easily amongst ourselves. We will always be thankful for our many blessings. We were a very heavy man. Very heavy. Spirit, I, I need to see nothing more. I have seen all that I have asked to see. Sheet, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they shadows of things that may be? Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends. To which it preserved and they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it thus with what you show me. No spirit! No spirit! 
Hear me, I, I am not the man I used to be. I, I, I will not be the man I have been. Why serve me this if I am beyond all hope? Good spirit, your nature deceives from me and pities me. And show me that I might, yet might change the shadows you've shown my altered life. I will honour Christmas in all my heart and try to keep it every year. I will live in the past, the present and the future, the spirits of all three living, striving within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Tell me how may wipe away the visions that you have shown me. Although, if the truth be told, he did not appear so old as he once seemed, dressed quickly and set out into the streets. And although they were the very same streets he had walked upon for these many years, in truth, he saw them for the very first time. And most important of all, he saw the people who walked upon the same streets for the very first time in many and many a year. <clears throat> oh, um, uh, uh, Mary, um, Merry Christmas to you, um, madam, uh, uh, morning to you, um, perfectly wonderful day. Oh, uh, Mr. Scrooge, I believe? Um, yes, that, that is my name, I, I, I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Uh, allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness to, um, accept the donation of... Oh, Lord bless me, my dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Oh, will you do me that favor? Oh, absolutely, my dear sir. 
I don't know what to say. Will you, will you accept this as a token of oh, gratitude? Oh, don't serve anything. Please, come and see. Will you, will you come and see me? Yes, yes. I will, sir. Most assuredly, I will. Thank you, and a much applause to you. Thank you. Thank you many times. Bless you. Scrooge walked through the streets of London the whole day, breathing in the cold, crisp air. And as evening approached, he found himself at a certain doorstep. He passed the doorstep a thousand times before he summoned the courage to knock. <clears throat> Uh, hello, friend. Um, may I may I come in? Uh, well, Merry Christmas, Uncle e- e- Ebenezer. <clears throat> uh, uh, thank you, Fred. Um, it's it's very kind of you. I'm I'm sorry to bother you, but there is something I I must tell you. Uh, I mean, uh, of course. Uh, I wanted to tell you, Merry Christmas, Fred. I beg your pardon? No, no Fred, I, I have come to beg yours. Merry Christmas! And the happiest New Year's year, and your lovely wife, is, is she at home? Well, uh, yes, she is. I wonder, Fred, if, if you could do me a, a, a very great honor and introduce me to your wife. Uh, well, uh, yes, yes, Uncle. Uh, nothing would give me uh, more pleasure, a greater pleasure. Uh, darling, uh, could you come in? Uh, I have the most wonderful present, Christmas present for you. Fred, I told you you've given me... Oh, he- hello. Um, I'm honored. I, I, um, I hope, madam, that you will someday find in your nature to forgive me for, my, for the unforgivable way which I, I behaved towards you and, and my nephew. My wife, uh, Amelia, let me uh, present my uncle Ebenezer. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, what I uh, would like to say to you is, um, is that my dear sister Fan, Fred's mother, would be most pleased to know that her son has such a wonderful and gracious woman. It would have been her fondest wish. If you will allow me to disagree with you, Uncle, it is my belief that having you here in Fred's home would have been her most fondest wish. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for making it come true. You will dine with us tonight. Uh, I, I do not wish to intrude. I, I know you have company coming. Uncle, uh, you will dine with us. If I have to tie you to this chair. <laughs> well, in that case, I, I must something accept. <clears throat> he was at home in five minutes. It was wonderful dinner followed by a wonderful party with a wonderful company and wonderful games. There was wonderful happiness. But on the next morrow, when Scrooge returned to his counting house at the usual hour, he found the door still locked, nor fire lit, nor candle burning. Bob Cratchit was past his hour. In fact, he was very well past his hour. And when the clock struck out a quarter past nine, and Cratchit had not yet arrived, it was a very serious matter indeed. Mr. Cratchit! What do you mean by coming at this time of day? Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, sir, uh, I'm a very behind my time. I think you are. Step this way, if you please. The only one's here, sir. Uh, it will be repeated. I was 
making rather merry yesterday. And, uh, now I'll tell you what, my friend, I am not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, I am sorry to say, I'm going to be forced to double your salary. Please, please, Mr. Scrooge. What did you say? <laughs> Christmas, Bob. <laughs> I'm going to double your salary, Bob Cratchit. And I will endeavor to assist your family any way if I can, if you will, if, if, if you will be so kind as to let me. But, but I, but, of course, we can discuss this over a Christmas bowl this afternoon, Bob, but first, we must get a fire going in there. This miserable place is freezing. It's a wonder we haven't got icicles growing on us, eh, Bob? Why don't you go out and fetch us some more coal before you taught another eye, Bob Cratchit? Yeah, 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 sir. Uh, right away, sir. No, thank you, Bob, and a Merry Christmas to you, my friend, and a Happy New Year with many more to come. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good an employer, and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other city, town or borough, in the good old world. (laughs) And it was always said of him that he knew that he could keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. Many that truly be said of this, and all of us, And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone.